If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about deconstructing jealousy, taking a look at the main factors that can trigger jealousy and the best ways to handle them. It's like we never left. No. I was going to say, so it may seem to our regular listeners that, like, jealousy, that's an easy topic. Like, haven't you covered that before? And, like, I just want to ask you to please have some compassion for us because we have not sat in the same room without a live audience and podcasted in, like, over a month now. And yeah, that's a it feels long really weird. Time. Yeah. It feels really odd. It is It is funny being back in the studio. Now, do I, am I, like, should I pull a diva act? Like, unless there's an audience, I can't do this. <laughs> No, that's get bullshit. the cats in here. Get somebody in oh here. Oh my god, I need like that emotional support exactly, and that laughter. Exactly. I need the energy. I need the right. laughter. Maybe no, that's true. Like maybe it's it's. I got so used to the getting all that energy from the audience that now when I'm expected to produce it on my own, I'm like, what? What? What is this? It's okay. We okay. have to get it from within, guys. Right. This is an important task that we need to what have if, happen. Okay, but what yeah. if we started recording the podcast with a laugh track? No. Oh, We're not going to do that. Have we sunk so low? I, we are now like comedy hour. I know. Now we're like daytime sitcom style. Well, nighttime, but yes. Yeah. Nighttime sitcoms. Half hour comedy. Prime, primetime sitcoms. Yeah. The, the laugh track. Yeah. I suppose yeah. so. What if we got like a goat track? Or just a bunch of bleeding goats. Just, okay. Sorry, that came into my head. It doesn't That's, make any sense, right. but oh, man. it made me laugh. Oh, boy. I hope okay. we edit that so out jealousy. before the final episode. So what right. is jealousy? <laughs> What is jealousy? All right, so something that I did want to clarify uh, before we get into this episode is that there are a lot of people... Like, okay, first of all, jealousy is a topic that gets talked about and asked all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're first telling people about polyamory, when they first start looking into it, it's like always the number one question, right? But what about jealousy? Don't you get jealous? Mm -hmm. Right. How do you handle jealousy? Like, uh, wouldn't jealousy just make that awful? How do you fight off gel-based life forms? Sorry, I'm really, really coming just, from left field today. This it's, is this is bad. I'm a this little uh, real, sorry. This I'm a little bad goose. <laughs> I'm a little bit ill, Griffin's and my goofers. my brain's a little fuzzy. Sorry, keep going. I'll just sit this one out. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um. So it's a topic that is asked a lot, uh, and one of the ways that people try to tackle it is by making this distinction between envy and jealousy. And something I wanted to clarify there is that. Yes, those are two different terms, but I actually find that making this distinction between them can actually be less helpful because when you actually look at the dictionary definitions of them, there's some overlap. And basically, it's the distinction between envy and jealousy. That envy means that somebody else has something that you want. And so it's this, you know, negative, envious feeling of, I want to get that thing that they have. And that you're specifically going to take it from the other person? Right. That there's this desire to, to take this from the yeah. other person. That's 
kind of a secondary part of it. I think Envy doesn't necessarily have to have that second okay. part, but it often does. Is implied that it often I want will. to take yeah. that from them. Yeah. Whereas the definition of jealousy has two different definitions. Mm-hmm. The first one uh, is that same thing of you know being jealous of something someone else has and wanting to take it for yourself. But then the second part, the second part of the definition is being afraid that someone is going to take something from you, which yeah. is often when people are talking about jealousy in terms of polyamory or in terms of their relationships, they're usually using that second definition. Mm-hmm. And so some people try to make this distinction that jealousy is that, like the fear of losing something and that envy is wanting something from someone else. Uh, and it's just that the actual definition doesn't support that distinction. So for the purposes of this episode, it kind of covers both of those things. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just so you know, we're not going to be making that distinction between those two terms in this episode. Well, yes. Definitely. And just to remind people that this is a very universal human emotion yes. you know, that, that crops up, not just in sexual situations, not just in romantic situations, but we experience envy and jealousy in all arenas of life, we get jealous of coworkers, of friends, of family members, of mm-hmm. siblings. You know, we, we experience jealousy in so many different arenas. And specifically in the arena of romantic and sexual jealousy, that's the one that, that seems to scare people the most. Right. That we're all kind of taught as like healthy, mature adults when you're jealous of a friend or a coworker because of whatever, because they got a new job, because they have a a sweet new car, uh, you know, because they got married, like whatever it is, we're kind of taught that, oh, as a healthy person, you don't let that destroy your relationship with sure. them, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that it doesn't drive you insane. You just, yeah, as an adult, you, you handle that and you deal with it and maybe let it inspire you to get those things yourself. Yeah. But it's a motivating factor potentially. Yeah. But we kind of have this understanding that jealousy is manageable yeah. in those mm-hmm. situations. Well, while we're on the subject of it being a universal emotion, what mm-hmm. are some personal triggers for jealousy for us? Like for instance, for mm-hmm. me, um, I think... Yeah, the possibility. Sometimes I get jealous of the idea that, like, my partner may have a better sexual experience with someone else mm-hmm. rather than me. Sure. That's a scary thing sometimes, that's, and that's, that's a trigger. A, that's a really common one yeah, also. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the term that I've heard for that, too, is, is FOMO. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have come FOMO. across this. Fear of missing out. Ah, F-O-M-O. yeah. FOMO. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's kind of that. It's It's... It doesn't like quite fit the definitions exactly, but it kind of falls into this same thing of I'm worried that they're going to have some great time without me. Yeah, I'm afraid and I'm that, missing out on something. Sure, and that I'm therefore like they're going to maybe want to be with that person more because they're giving mm-hmm. them a sexual experience that is not as good a, or that's better than something I could give them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I know what's triggered jealousy for me is if I feel like another person is is quote unquote kind of encroaching on the things that make up my own identity. So to give an example of that, if mm. actually when my, when one of my partners first started dating Emily, that I got really jealous because after I learned that she was also really nerdy and really into video games, <laughs> Legend of Zelda, like, yeah, and I was like, wait, but that's my thing, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so so things like that, which are so silly, but for some reason it's like I get triggered if I feel like my uniqueness is is kind of competing against somebody else's. Mm. Sure, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I mean, a trigger for me today in terms of, of the like more envy side of jealousy is that Emily was showing off her new Nintendo Switch Fuck yeah. Yeah. with the new Zelda game, and I'm very envious of that. Um, <laughs> As you should be. Yeah. As you should be. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, for me, it's it's that kind of jealousy trigger has has kind of changed and evolved over time. Uh, like for me, for a while, it was really focused around money. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced this. This seems to really resonate with a lot of men, especially. Yeah. Um, I want to go into that later. Yeah, yeah. totally. That, um, that this idea that, uh, you know, if, if somebody else makes more money than me, that they're inherently more desirable than me or more confident than me or just kind of better than me. So my partner would rather spend their time with that person instead of me. Yeah. yeah, but I've totally had that myself, even as a woman. Sure. Of if my partner's dating someone that I perceive is better off than me, that that brings up the same levels of insecurity. Probably a different shade from what men experience because yeah. we're so used to men being socialized to be the breadwinners and the supporters and the right. providers. Even now, which is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. But so for me, it's been less of feeling like that territory is being encroached on more and just this person's just better than me or yeah. just more successful mm-hmm. than me. That, yeah. That that. Yeah. But I do want us to think about, like, as we're going through the different catalysts and triggers for jealousy, is it something that's inherently male or inherently female? Yeah. I know that, yeah, when we discussed this before, we kind of found similarities and differences in both genders for the specific things in which we'll be talking about. But right. I guess I kind of want to, like, go back through them and say, like, hey, is this a more inherently male or yeah. a more inherently female yeah. thing? Well, and I would just I would just want to clarify sure. using the word inherently always well okay socially socially triggered or socially taught or whatever like socialized yeah exactly there is this debate of like how inherent are these male and female differences that is always the question all socialization i I tend to fall a lot more on the all socialization i agree with you yeah than some people Mm -hmm. uh so yeah yeah, just kind of depends but regardless Mm -hmm. those distinctions between males and females do exist yes whether or not they're inherent or just cultural we do still have those as part of our lives mm-hmm. as people living in Western culture. Yeah, yeah. and I wonder yeah. if the lines are blurred now more as like time goes on and as like women's liberation or whatever continues to occur, yeah, if like the definitely. lines become more blurred. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So yeah, so in yeah. this episode, we're specifically kind of breaking down triggers for jealousy mm-hmm. into four broad categories. And in these four categories, there is a lot of overlap. A lot of them are connected to each other. But I found that in being able to kind of categorize and figure out kind of what exactly is the dynamic that's triggering my jealousy, it mm-hmm. helps to kind of unlock, like, well, what's going to be the key to making it feel a little bit better? Yeah. yeah. So what's our first one? Okay, the first one is going to be comparison. And when I look at this, I see it as an inherently female thing. Mm-hmm. And it not necessarily, and inherently, okay, socialized, it, yeah, no, sure, it's no. a social female thing for a female to be like fuck like that bitch <laughs> is and and not necessarily of course like men compare as well mm-hmm. but it is it's challenging sometimes because women will look at other women and say and use slut shame or, mm-hmm. or use a bunch of different tactics i guess to sort of put women down yeah. um so comparison Comparing your own worst qualities or weaknesses to someone else's best qualities or strengths. I think that's sort of the key there. Yes. Is is that is that just that you're not comparing like your best qualities to their like medium qualities. It's always like, look, they're good at this thing. Exactly. That I'm insecure about being bad at. Totally. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that 
that hurts a lot more. That's a lot harder to to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually um, reading, since we did this write-up for this episode, Mm -hmm. actually, was reading about uh, some studies about social media and showing a link between how much time people spend on social media Mm -hmm. and how much depression they feel. Yeah. And the the sort of, you know... um, the, the possible cause for that is that, that you're constantly being exposed to everyone's best self yeah. mm-hmm. that they're putting out there. And so when you're comparing yourself to that, you're like, I'm you're way coming worse. Up short. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. You're like, yeah. well, well, shit, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not doing enough exciting things, like whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interestingly, as a fun side note, Snapchat, however, was shown to increase the happiness of people really? who used it, as opposed to Facebook, which makes people more depressed. Is, more maybe that's why like Snapchat's IPO just went way out. Is, well, <laughs> right. is the idea with Snapchat that you can be less contrived with it and I think less orchestrated with it, or at least a little it, bit less, because, because it, it forces you to be in very in the moment? Well, exactly. it's pretty raw in comparison. Exactly. Like, yeah. Facebook is... Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is very shiny and and Snapchat mm-hmm. tends to be yeah. like very gritty in comparison. Except right. for when you're using the filters, well, but, but still. The, but, but, you, even then, but even the with filters Snapchat, make you, look you, silly. Can, you can still be very selective yeah. when you're going to show someone something on Snapchat. Like sure. You mm-hmm. still can kind of cherry pick and show sure. just the cool things that you're sure. doing. You can, People do. But, anyway, yeah. I don't know the causes of it, but I did think that was a fun little thing about the different ways that we can engage on social media yeah. and how yeah, and how they true. can affect us differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. what are some of the ways in which the the bad ways that you yeah. may try to yeah. to combat this jealousy that's coming up within you for comparison specifically? Yeah, I mean, definitely if if you find yourself struggling with comparing yourself to other people or comparing yourself to your partners other partners mm-hmm. there can definitely be a temptation to try to control who your partner can date yeah obviously right. the idea being that you know well as long as my partner doesn't date someone who's threatening to me then there's no right. problem or setting up a situation like a veto mm-hmm. that's like yes it's letting me control who they can date or even something you know that partners will set up of of like a screening process huh. yeah. like yeah. if you want to date someone i have to like interview them or talk to them first and give you the okay or yeah. even it's, yeah. Well, it's this idea of like saying, well, I don't have to wor- or thinking that you won't have to worry as much about comparing yourself to them mm-hmm. if you are given power over them. Sure. Yeah. Or the idea that like it, even that's potentially a little more subconscious than all that, but like having an emotional breakdown before a partner goes on a date and being right. like, I need you now, like yeah. every single time they go out with someone that you are jealous of. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, someone that you compare yourself to. Exactly. But what about, like, what are healthier ways to manage this in a relationship? Right. I mean, it seems it seems almost too easy to say it, but actually, honestly and clearly communicating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's communicating about what is the reassurance that I need from my partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this can also help if you understand that your partner is going through this kind of comparison-based jealousy to really go out of your way to let them know the things that make them special that are unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talked the, about that in Valentine's Day. It's very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so the the key is not to be like, oh, well, this other person's they're not really that great. Or like it's not yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's not about yeah. trying to downplay the no. other person. Because then it just seems like, oh, you're hiding it from me because they're amazing and you're gonna leave me for them. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. But instead, 
really focusing on what is it like what are those awesome points about your partner yeah and i think that that can also be something you can ask for yeah well yeah and and obviously just to be clear it can be very scary to actually go to your partner and say yeah you know what your other partner like seems like he's really rich and <laughs> is he really rich well, because he well, seems like he is well, i mean but maybe he actually is but can be like you know sure. what i actually feel really insecure because your partner is like really rich and he can afford to take you out all the time and i can't mm-hmm. and like i i'm really struggling with that and that is a huge thing to be able to do that takes a lot of courage but yeah. that's probably i think the fastest way to actually getting reassurance from your partner yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and Meet your metamorph. Yes. Meet that yeah. rich guy. <laughs> He's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is actually meeting this person in the flesh can really help to dissuade you from only being able to see their good sides yeah. or imagine their good sides. Like you actually get to see them as a living, breathing human being. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that when you meet them, you're going to see all these flaws. Sure. You know, right. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> but you'll still see them as like a real human exactly, being. Exactly. But you'll see them as normal. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Not this like rich three-headed dragon. <laughs> right. That it helps humanize them a little bit. And yeah. I found for me at least, meeting someone in person as opposed to just seeing pictures of them, especially just seeing pictures of them with my uh, with one of my partners <laughs> looking happy and impressive and fit on Facebook and going to amazing exotic locations, Yeah. that actually meeting them in person makes it... I know this sounds like super woo-woo here, but it like makes it easier to love them mm. in whatever way that is, right? But it makes it easier to go, yeah, like, cool, like, I want this person to be happy because they're actually a person I've met in real life. Yeah. Like, they're they're someone that I... It isn't they're just a real an boy. Idea. They're a real, they're a real boy. They're a real boy. <laughs> real boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, what's the next, on next one? one? This yeah, is a next? male-oriented one, in my opinion. Well, yeah, so this one is competition. And I think that competition and comparison can get you know easily mixed up with each other. Yeah. But they're not quite the same thing. Right. So the idea is that this one is based around the idea that there are a limited amount of resources out there. Whether that is, you know, whether that is in the bigger picture of the world, like money or something like that. Mm-hmm. But more specifically, this tends to come up with like the amount of time mm-hmm. or the amount of affection that your partner has or the amount of attention or something like that. That yeah. it's based around this idea that I'm jealous of this other person because in order for them to get anything, they're having to take it from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's a limited amount. Yeah. We there. got this interesting email a while back where this woman, oh, yeah. this woman like really yeah. wanted to be okay with polyamory. Mm-hmm. But the thing that she was having a hard time with is that she's like described that her partner's day is like a pie. And <laughs> right. that like. And that's it. It's like, just like a, this one limited slice amount of, the of time. pie is his romantic time. Yeah. And so if he has another partner, that means I'm getting half of that slice of pie. And like, right. I want the whole slice of pie. And so it's that. It's I want idea. my pie and to eat it too. Exactly. It's yeah. this idea that, no, there's not enough to go around. And of course, mm-hmm. we're not making the claim that, uh, you know, time is infinite because time right. is finite. But mm-hmm. this idea that the love, the attention, the quality time, that there's not enough to go around. Like I'm having to sacrifice to someone else yeah. what should be mine. Yeah. So what are some bad examples of ways people think they can handle this that actually does more damage than good? So, again, like limiting the amount of time that they can spend with that partner, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Saying like, hey, like if I'm if you're going out with this person, then I need to be going out with someone as well. Or you yeah. can we can only see right. people once a week, for example. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need five nights a week with exactly. you. Exactly. You know, this right. And I think people often conflate quality of time with quantity of time Mm -hmm. as well for sure Um, because 
I mean, that was our response to that woman is this idea of like really examining like, well, what is actually the quality of time that you want rather than yeah. confusing it with the quantity of time? Yeah. Because some people will be fine seeing you once a week if that's good quality time. Yeah. Right. And some people won't be, you know, like yeah. people's needs for quality time are very different. Yeah. Yeah. And what was going on in her email too was tying commitment to time to yeah. just spending downtime together to, to her that meant commitment yeah and like and I, and I do think that for a lot of people that does seem to be the case right because we associate being in a committed relationship with moving toward living together mm-hmm. spending all of your free time together yeah. all of Basically. your free time that you're always the others plus one to everything that you're yeah. never like not around each other yeah like if you need a night to yourself it's like oh shit something's wrong and I think that that you know, a lot of the solutions people try to come up with of, like you said, of you can only go out with someone if I have a date the same night. Sure. You know, I know a lot of couples that actually do yeah, that. Definitely. Um, yeah. Which will often end up being really difficult for whichever, you know, whichever partner is the one who made that rule. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I have a date Thursday. And then the other one's like scrambling to, to try, try to, to find like, anybody I gotta do yeah. this. to go out with that night yeah. Yeah. To, to be able to make that happen. So yeah. I mean, it can end up actually causing a lot more problems and a lot more hurt along yeah. the way. Yeah. I think another factor to this competition thing is a lot of people kind of try to make sure like my sense of security lies in making sure that I'm getting the most Yeah. or that I'm getting more than anyone else. Like I don't mind sharing. I don't mind my partner having multiple partners as long as I get the most time, the most attention, the right. most love. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, I, I mean, That's I think... It's a very, like, hierarchical well, way is, of but viewing I, I think that things. it's a little bit of, a, of a, um, a product of Western culture, and I think also of American culture as well. Okay. Um, Why okay. specifically? Well, we, we're living in a very competitive culture. Of course. It's very much about, like, you got to carve out your space, you got to take what you can get, you know? Right. Uh, like, and so I think that... That's something that kind of pushes those of us who grew up in those cultures yeah. towards this more sense of competitiveness of that, like, okay, I know I'm okay as long as, like, I'm on top. Sure. I know I'm okay as yeah, long as yeah. I have secured my access yeah. um, to more yeah. than what somebody else has. This is something that you talk about in your book. <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> Among yes. all of these There's things. There's so many things yes. in that yeah. book. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Okay, so, so now what are some, some good examples? I know we talked about the bad for a little while yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some good examples? I feel like one that we hinted at a little bit is switching your focus to quality of time mm-hmm. over quantity of time. Yeah. I know that this was something when Emily and I lived together. What we found was that it was really easy to be like, yeah, all our sort of time that we don't have other plans is together. Which we would spend like watching Breaking Bad sure. or Battlestar Galactica or like whatever we were into at the but time. But the quality of it wasn't like, it wasn't a specific day set aside to go out on a date exactly. or get dressed up right. or have like a, an actual thing that we were going out to do. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore it didn't feel as special. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so it's like even though you're spending more of your time together, you yeah, still the feel quality didn't feel of, as, yeah. as much well, as and high. And I think that the other part of it is. Not just quality, but intentional time. Yeah. And yeah. what we found is that if if the way you structure your life, like, assuming that you have a partner that you live with or, or some kind of primary relationship like that, is that the assumption is, well, all my default time goes to them unless I make some other plans, whether it's hanging out with my buddies from work or if it's going out on a date. Yeah. But when the time you spend with that existing partner is just your, like, 
free time, mm-hmm. your extra time, mm-hmm. then any time you make a plan with somebody else, it has to take away from that. Yeah, it can kind of have that feeling of like, oh, you've taken away from this time that was right. technically like by default right. belonged yeah. to somebody. And now if you imagine the contrast to that being like, we've made plans for ourselves. We've also scheduled dates in addition to the other dates that we schedule with other people. Yeah. That's like, oh, so we know that this one night a week in addition to our free time, which sure we're going to spend together, but we know we're going to have like a good chunk of time to like really be together and pretty ourselves up a bit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And like really, you know, be there and, and focus on that quality of the time. Yeah. And and focus on each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that made a, big shift once I started realizing the importance of that. Yeah. And so like right still. now, while Dedeker's living with me for a few months, like we've started to be like, oh shit, right. We have to do that now. Yeah, we have to actually set aside time. Our time. So it's not just just a, the yeah, filler. Constant. The filler. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one last thing I want to hit on with this competition thing. And actually, um, Jace's next blog post is going to be about this. Uh-huh. Um, And I think it can be very important to examine, you know, if you're feeling competitive about something, figuring out, like, what's actually driving that desire to compete? Like, Mm -hmm. is it is it competition for competition's sake? Like, are you feeling competitive over something that you don't actually want? Right. And Um, and actually, by the time this episode comes out, that blog post will have already been out. Um, I have a personal example of this. (laughs) Actually, when Jason and I were in Japan, we were staying in separate places. And like the next day we got together to like co-work. And and he told me about how the night before he'd gone out to a club. He brought somebody home, like had a good time. And then they parted ways. And, like, I had this weird competitive feeling. Not, like, that I was jealous of Jace, but I was competitive, like, well, I want, like, fun, sexy post-club times, like, post-club pickups. Like, like I want to get that, too. And then literally, like, two minutes later, I was like, wait. Do I really? <laughs> First of all, I hate going out to clubs. Right. So, like, for me to imagine myself going out to a club, right. meeting a random stranger, yeah. taking them home at 3 a.m., having some what's probably going to be less than satisfying sex, yeah. and then parting ways in the morning, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't actually want that. <laughs> and then as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, like, now I feel great. Um, <laughs> That's like, awesome. it was purely just competition for, com- mm-hmm. like, competition's sake, which yeah. is so yeah. funny. Yeah, and this is something that, that in that blog post I talk about realizing a lot of different ways in my life that this has come around yeah, yeah, yeah. even in terms of just the amount of sex that someone else has yeah. to be fair also I was in the middle of like trying to finish my book manuscript and my whole life was right. just like all work and no play yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. So, sure yeah um, just some but yeah just like even with the amount of sex that, mm-hmm. that I found that I would be jealous of a partner getting what more I saw sex as, with like, someone more sex or yeah. they had sex at some point when I didn't mm-hmm. and then when I really finally and it took a while like years mm-hmm. to finally <laughs> step back and be like wait a minute Actually, you know, I was doing other stuff. Like, I was actually preferring <laughs> the video games I was playing or hanging out with my friends or whatever it was. To so the sex you weren't having. Right. Yeah. I would, like, that it's, it is this weird thing of, like, I think, especially for guys, um, mm. you know, I've you're socialized that, like, you should be wanting sex all the time. Yeah. And so if you're ever not getting it, you need a, you're not doing a good enough job. You must yeah. not be happy. Uh, it's kind of like the stuff we talked about in our solo poly, single poly sure. episode of like yeah. people tell you if you're not in a in a relationship, you must not be happy. Yeah, I feel like we tell guys like if you're not having sex this often, you know, as often yeah. as possible, then you must not really you're be not happy. Virile or, and or something. Yeah. It's like you know, or, I don't yeah. always need that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And that was a big realization for me. Yeah, was making that. 
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on AdamMail.com and Eve'sToys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. So, fear. this one's, yeah, fear. <laughs> fear. Fears kind of undercuts comparison and competition. And a lot of what triggers jealousy is a lot of it boils down to fear. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, these situations, you know, having to stay alone when your partner's out on a date or mm-hmm. seeing your partner get really excited about a new partner or you know, knowing that your partner is off having some fantastic sex that you're not having, Mm -hmm. you know, these FOMO again, the FOMO. Yeah. These speak to our deepest insecurities. They really cut down to these, these very universal fears, these fears of rejection, fears of being Mm -hmm. alone, fears of being left out, fears of being unloved, fears of being inferior to somebody um, or or being perceived as inferior to somebody, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's really, you know, fear is a freaking powerful thing. Yeah. 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 And it really does not feel good. You know, we don't like feeling mm-hmm. afraid. And so this can cause any number of knee-jerk reactions when a, a partner does something that triggers our fear. Yes. This one does, I would say, uh, of all of these, tend to trigger the most of those kind of like impulse reactions. Yeah. Those, those outbursts of anger or blame or like trying to find something else because you don't want to accept how terrified you yeah, are. Yeah, because you don't mm-hmm. want to feel afraid. Because mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. yeah, you don't want to admit to yourself that you're afraid. Yeah. You're, you're so desperate to fix this situation that it does. I feel like this one of all of them tends to um, have the most of those kind of like flash in the pan kind of moments. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like when people pull the ripcord. Right. Yeah, yeah. and so stuff like right. ultimatums. Like, yeah, yeah right. I'm like, only going to stay with you or... exactly if you do X or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then like demands of security saying like, we're right. not allowed to fall in love with anyone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's how we're going to stay safe. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. So what are some of these bad ways that people try to well, yeah, like, deal with fear. Promise me I'll always be the more, most important person in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, some people can demand primary status. Yes. Right. Purely out of fear. Purely yeah. Because I'm really afraid of someone mm-hmm. else getting the things that you would give to a primary. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it can become a panic thing. You know, some people will, because they're so afraid, they will panic and be like, okay, we got to close our relationship. Sure. Right yeah. now you got to break up with everybody you're seeing and I'll break up with everyone I'm seeing and then things will be right. great. And right. uh, P.S. It's not going to be great. Yeah. Right. Or like on that episode of Compersion where he like right. makes her in front of him get on yeah. speakerphone yeah, and break up with the guy that she's dating. Up. It's so like bad. so awful to watch. It's yeah. so painful to watch. Uh, but yeah. that's, that's absolutely something that that people will do yeah. in that yeah. kind of that kind of fear reaction. Um, well, so okay, but this is the thing: is like everyone gets afraid. Sure. Like human beings just get afraid. That that's it's actually it's a good thing. It's it's what's helped us to evolve. It's what's helped our ancestors to avoid dying in many situations. <laughs> right. Being afraid, so it's not like we want to become necessarily fearless mm-hmm. at all, or like totally numb our emotions. But like, what like like how do you tackle this? You well, heal them. Yeah. So. I, I want to be like a little bit Buddhist for a moment. Okay, here. okay. you know I love Buddhism. Um, so something that that in uh, Shambhala specifically uh, in the, the Shambhala, Sacred Path of the Warrior. Yes. So um, in Shambhala, Sacred Path of the Warrior, fantastic book, highly yeah. recommend it. Um, but talks a lot about um, the idea of fearlessness and that fearlessness is not a feeling. It's not a lack of fear. Mm-hmm. I'm not fearless because I don't have fear. I'm fearless because I'm willing to accept that fear and not have it control me or destroy me. Yeah. Right? That, like, the waves can crash against me, but I'm a rock who still mm. stays there, who's not moved by that, who's mm. not destroyed by fear. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've, I've found a lot of comfort in that. Maybe, maybe it is a masculine thing, that it appeals to a certain, like, strength that, mm. that I'm like, yeah, okay, I can relate to wanting to have that sort of a trait. Um, and anyway, it's something maybe I found in really the feminine end, it's nice mm-hmm. to like have vulnerability to yeah. be able to be vulnerable enough to your partner mm-hmm. that you're able to say, "Hey, I have these fears. These are what my fears are. Right. So allow me to work through them with you and understand mm-hmm. that this is what's going on in my head yeah. when I'm having these fears and why I'm having them." Kind of delving back into like the base reasons behind them, and often that's kind of the the tapes that we play when we're children that yeah. keep coming up in patterns in our lives. I think that that actually is why that way of thinking about it really resonated for me. Yeah, as as a more like masculine identifying person, is because a lot of guys feel like fearlessness means not being afraid of anything. Sure, and so the idea of admitting your fears to your partner is feels emasculating it feels like oh well i'm not a man i'm not manly i'm I'm weak then whereas this shambhala way of looking at it of like the true strength comes from having those fears but still facing them handling them facing them and so it it, for me it was like a different framework to be able to present those fears to to my partner yeah that's great and actually talk about them and work through them in a way that doesn't feel like like, oh, that means that I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I found is really powerful for, for men especially. Yeah. yeah, I know the thing that I resonated the most with, and I, I cited this in, in my book, actually, but uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Lisa Rankin wrote this book called The Fear Cure. 
Um, right. Yeah, and I learned about it because I went and saw her, her speak, and it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wrote this entire book about... And the title is kind of deceptive because it's not about curing fear, but it's about using your fear to mm. cure you, uh, essentially. I see. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like this idea that our fears kind of crack us open and let us actually see what it is that we need. Yeah. You know, and so I think that in those moments that are so intense, you know, when you're having those emotional outbursts or if you really want to, to you know, deliver an ultimatum to your partner or, or if you're, you know, if you're pulling the rip card, if you're in panic right. mode. Right. You know, that there is a power in that, but it doesn't have to be a power that's used destructively towards your partner or destructively towards your relationship or destructively towards yourself, Mm -hmm. but rather used to really illuminate and to really see like, okay, well, what is this deep nerve that it's touching Mm -hmm. and how can I heal that pain essentially? And that could be through talking it out with your partner. It could be going through therapy it could be any number of like personal development or it could be meditation you mm-hmm. know it could be examining like your past and figuring out like is there something i'm hanging on to from my childhood that's still Absolutely. here or from yeah. past relationships you know and right. sometimes i think i found what's really useful is sometimes being able to recognize baggage from past relationships and just be able to acknowledge yeah, it can yeah. be enough oh, you don't huge. you don't even have to worry about Right. Well, somehow I've got to cure this. Somehow I've got to get rid of this. But even mm-hmm. just being aware of it is yeah. sometimes feels it's like 75% of the way there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, it, I like had a lot of things for when I first started dating Jace that I expected him to do. And mm. I would kind of brace myself for them because I had been in like some emotionally abusive relationships. Like you expected like negative reactions. Exactly. And then yeah. when it didn't happen, I was like, holy shit, that's a trigger <laughs> that I just expect. But... Right. good human beings who don't do that to me or it's just not going to happen then and it was very interesting yeah. yeah that that fear was kind of an unfounded one that just mm. happened mm. because i had had those experiences in the past with other people yeah. yeah and i think that um also having empathy and compassion for your metamorphs yeah is something that i do want to touch on before we before we move on because that's something that i found for me um with a, with a lot of these different things, actually, this one has helped me. But where uh, you know maybe my my partner is does feel like they're taking time away from me to spend it with somebody else for some certain occasion, or because something's going on in their life, or perhaps I have this fear of them caring about that person more than me, or you know mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But often when I do, when I am able to take that step back and actually look at, wait a minute, like. I understand that like maybe that's this other partner's only in town for a little bit of time or like this is the only time they could get off work yeah. or this difficult thing is happening in their life or whatever it is that taking that moment to be like, yeah, of course, like I would want to take care of that person too Yeah, is kind of having that opportunity to be like, I'm also part of helping and making things better for my metamor yeah. as opposed to like, well, it's something that my partner does that's separate from me yeah i just have to suffer for we're all on the same team right yeah Being on the same team yes yeah, yeah definitely yeah. so let's take it to our final one yeah and Ooh. yeah the final trigger is loss of control mm-hmm. and this is very much wrapped up in fear because i think that as human yeah. beings we often fear losing control of our situations or losing yeah. control of our surroundings um and yeah. often where people come up against this in in a non-monogamous relationship is having a lot of difficulty accepting that their partner is an independent human being and that they are going to make choices 
independently um that (laughs) there's kind of this fear that like the more freedom and independence i give my partner the more likely it is that they're not going to care for me yeah that they're going to make choices that hurt me they're just going to go hog wild exactly insane and it's it's really tied up in our narrative about relationships yeah Mm -hmm. right that we have to keep people we have to keep people under yeah exactly under lock and key and that they're not allowed to do anything outside of that relationship or the idea that real human feelings right that a good relationship is not two individuals but rather like one yeah. combined being yeah. right yeah. like with terms like bullshit my other half or my better yeah. half yeah. Like those sorts yep. of things or yeah. or even well, the we've concept so ro- we've so romanticized that the, right yeah right or like two like, souls becoming one right or you complete me or yeah. like in the bible like they become one flesh yeah. yeah right like there's lots of different ways this is talked about that i actually think is is very very harmful yeah. to very the way we approach other people the yeah. way that we think that if they have any independence it means that's somehow breaking like and I'm very losing... possessive yeah yeah of another human yeah definitely yeah. so and so you know when people kind of feel like they're losing control if they feel mm-hmm. like their partners that if they're afraid that their partner is going to go hog wilds um <laughs> that you know people try to reestablish this control in some very unhealthy ways mm-hmm. you know it can be things like prescriptive hierarchy yeah like which as i long think as we've... I been through yeah as long as as i make sure that you know all your other partners are secondary then we're okay it can be things like veto it can be like restrictions it can Mm -hmm. be things like controlling the information that your partner gives don't ask don't tell yeah it could be either don't tell me anything or it could be you have to tell me everything right every little intimate yeah so these are like the funny ways that people try to to gain a sense of control again yeah. if they feel mm-hmm. like like the rug's been pulled out from underneath them. I think also that rules, just in general, the rules yeah. people will make in their relationships tend to come from this. Yeah. This fear of loss of control. Uh, because I think there is... I want to go back to this assumption of your partner going hog wild. Sure. As, as yeah. you so eloquently <laughs> said. Mm-hmm. But it's this, this weird idea we have that if I didn't have rules or if there wasn't some external structure like monogamy or, or marriage or, you know, whatever it is in your case, if there wasn't some external structure controlling my partner, that they wouldn't want to be with me. Yeah. Like that's kind of this insidious really underlying yeah. assumption that's, totally. that's there. Yeah. But I totally bought into it for so oh, long. Oh God. Like, I remember did, didn't we all? No. And constantly being afraid that like mm. somehow my partner was just like settling for me and like there was yeah. really other people he wanted to be with, but yeah. he just kind of, right. like Decided. I just kind of showed up at the right time in the right Jeez. place. And I, I remember once uh, in high school, I had a teacher who Somehow we got on the subject in class about relationships or whatever. Um, And she was talking about how there was a guy that she was dating who, you know, would would tell her those things like, I don't even see other women or right. Or like, like I I only have eyes for you, like those Uh sorts of sentiments. Right. And that she was telling us that she was actually very frustrated about this, being like, no, like, I want you to look at them and see them and then still want to be with me. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to think you're only with me because you have blinders blinders on. on. Right. And I I remember at at the time, like, that was a pretty novel concept. I'd never considered that. Um, And it, it actually, like, the more I've thought about it since then, I'm like, fuck, yeah. That is a lot of our romantic talk is based around this idea of, I don't even see anyone else as opposed to seeing them and I still want to be with But that's interesting though because that's actually what I've enjoyed about non-monogamous relationships is this idea that you could be with anybody 
that you wanted at but any it's time. a choice and you're still choosing to be with me it doesn't right. mean that you're still choosing to be with only me right. no but it's like you're still intentionally actively choosing the time that you want to spend mm-hmm. with me like yeah. right. that you're not here in this relationship because you're obligated to you're here because right. you want to because you made this commitment 10 years ago exactly well exactly and just the idea that like everybody we give everyone choices mm-hmm. and, uh, such as polyamory or you know whatever non-monogamous shape you want to take and monogamy and that everyone can choose which relationship structure they want for their life Mm -hmm. that there's not just one option automatically and that's the only thing that's valid and you're you're somehow not valid if you're doing anything else right yeah so the one last technique that i wanted to talk about as a good technique i know some of it we've already gotten into here about you know really approaching um you know you know what is this loss of control and understanding your partner is actively choosing to be with you yeah um is Dedeker's pay it forward technique. Mm-hmm. Um, which... TM, 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 TM. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark payitforward.com. No, that's, I'm sure that's taken. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure that's taken. Yeah. Uh, right. So the, the idea with this one, if, if I can yeah, take over and, and present this one. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go hog wild. <laughs> that's what you're afraid of. So I'll go hog wild if I have no rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the idea that if you're feeling jealous or you are feeling insecure... That if you, instead of trying to grasp for control with that person, you know, that you're feeling like you're losing it, is to instead go out of your way to give extra attention or to say something kind or something sweet or something loving to somebody else or even to that person. You know, whether it's another partner, it could just be a friend, it could be a family member, that anything, but just focusing on I'm going to give good things to someone else without them asking rather than focusing on what I'm not getting mm-hmm. and how much that can change things. Do you want to I, talk more I, about how yeah, it's really... No, I, I honestly, I don't understand why it works. Uh-huh. I don't understand how it works. Like, I've just known that it works. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that particularly when when you're in the middle of, like, a jealousy crisis or a fear crisis where it's, like, you just feel icky and, like, all mm-hmm. you want is to stop feeling this way right now... You know, like maybe when your partner's out on a date or whatever, right. you know, and you're at home going crazy, that this technique of doing pay it forward, of just being like, you know what, I'm going to send a text message to my sister, mm-hmm. just telling her how much right. I miss her and asking how her day was. Or right. I'm going to send a message to another partner, you know, maybe call them up and just see how their day was and tell them how much I love them. You know, mm-hmm. um, that I've seen that to be the technique that goes the fastest from I feel like shit yeah. to actually I feel okay or even mm-hmm. I feel good. Right. I Maybe it's, or is it just like stopping that continuous cycle in your head of like, well, I'm, of jealous, I'm jealous, I'm jealous, I'm like jealous. Anything that, can get, you, that yeah. can get you outside of yourself exactly. and onto another person, not yeah. just onto a thing, not just onto like a video game or a book or whatever, which yeah. I mean, not that those are bad distractions, but mm-hmm. something that puts you actively in this role of doing something for somebody else yeah. that's outside of you, yeah. I think helps to cut that cycle, that like that negative feedback loop in your mind totally. that's driving you crazy. I think that there's also part of it that makes you realize that your world is bigger than just this one person or this one situation. Yeah. 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 As I feel like with, with a lot of these, like with competition about the amount of time or, you know, comparison or, or fear that a lot of times we get caught up in, even if we have other partners, this one that's triggering some jealousy for Mm -hmm. us, that's all we can think about is what we're not getting here. What we're not getting here rather than realizing actually wait i have a lot of amazing resources whether it is friends or family or other partners yeah 
whatever it is, that there are other people that I get positive feelings from, that I can talk about my feelings with, that yeah. I can spend quality time with, that I can get a lot of these same things too. And I think the pay it forward also, in a way, helps remind you of that. Can Absolutely. I, can I be Buddhish? Yeah. Real quick in yeah. relation to this, this actually reminds me of uh, the last time I was on retreat, uh, a story that a Buddhist nun told me mm-hmm. about the Buddha, that there's this parable uh, that essentially that the Buddha asks somebody like, so if I have an egg, cu- egg cup, like a tiny cup mm-hmm. full of water, and if I pour a spoonful of salt into it, are you going to want to drink it? No. Like, no, it's going to be super fucking salty. Right. Uh, that direct quote from the Buddha. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but he said, but, <laughs> but what if I pour a tablespoon of salt into the river? Like, mm-hmm. would you drink water from the river? Yes. And like, you probably still would. And so it's mm-hmm. this idea of like, if you learn to step back and kind of expand your awareness and mm-hmm. expand your compassion, that it doesn't become so tight and hyper-focused on like all of the pain in this tiny little world that is you, that as you start branching out and connecting to other people and kind of expanding your Mm -hmm. world, essentially, that, yeah, Yeah. over here, maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable, but in comparison to the rest of what my focus is, it's actually quite small. Yeah. 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 So I think our overall takeaway from this is that if you're feeling jealousy or envy, whatever you want to call it, uh, is to know that you're not failing. No. Right? It's like Emily was saying. It's a universal emotion. Exactly. We all feel it. Mm-hmm. It's something that we all go through all the time in our lives. And that just because you're feeling it in an emotional, you know, romantic or sexual way doesn't mean that's some failure or no. that it's somehow insurmountable. Uh, but that's just it's just part of life. It's part yeah. of being a human being. But it's the way in which you react to it. Exactly. Yeah, that's the and thing. the way it, yeah. in which you choose to combat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being able to see these triggers, you know, I'm sure there's many more triggers than the, just these four broad <laughs> sure. categories. But, you know, if you are able to kind of, you know, notice when you feel jealous and notice like, oh, something triggered it. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to step back and again, be out of just the thick of that emotion, yeah. you can kind of access some more clear headedness in order to manage it, communicate it effectively, and deal with it in a much more healthy and constructive way. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Sweet. So we just recorded an hour-long episode. Yeah. A page and a half of notes. We're still <laughs> in our live show mode. A little yes. bit. But, yes. but we, we hope it, it helped. Yeah. Be all out there. Hope this was helpful for you. Um, if you want to check out more of us, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Addict or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also check us out at multiamory.com. You can find us on Facebook, Multiamory, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Multiamory Podcast, right? Like all over the place. Just type Multiamory into Google and you'll find us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you as part of our Patreon community if you want to contribute to helping us continue to do this show. Um, but also just send us an email or tweet at us. We, we love interacting with you guys out there. Uh, you're the reason why we do this show and why we've kept doing it now for for over two and a half years. So thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. See you next week. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.